0: Breaking news, Mueller has spoken, and he cannot comment. The real purpose of the Mueller testimony. Plus, the trailer for a new propaganda film has been released. The film's title, Top Gun 2. This and much more on today's show. You're listening to The Propaganda Report, thepropreport.com. I'm Brad Binkley here with Monica Perez. Monica, how you doing today?
1: Great, but, yeah, there is a lot going on, a lot in the news. The Mueller stuff, I'm definitely going to have to digest. I think we should talk about it Saturday on the WSB show. I I can give
0: you a summary if you want a quick summary. Oh,
1: my gosh, sure. the summary
0: summary of the Mueller testimony is this. Mueller cannot comment.
1: (laughs) All I heard was he sounds like he's got dementia.
0: He does. He sounds very (laughs) unstable. Which and, we had
1: said that we, or I, I certainly didn't think that he was actually engaged in this process at all. He seemed absolutely he like almost a literal puppet.
0: Did not appear very engaged in this testimony. And every Democrat question is here's the Democrat question for their five minutes. Mr. Mueller, you spent two years uncovering a lot of amazing information about Russian influence and potential connections with the trump campaign and i want to thank you i want to thank you i submit yeah. the rest of my time
1: the the intro was that right the chairman introduced it and said this whole th- bunch of stuff that wasn't true and I, as i was getting like triggered and enraged at like that's ridiculous that's not in it that's not true blah blah. then he hands it off to nunez who says now that you've heard the conspiracy theory du jour of bunch of bull i will tell you and then he starts spewing like the the antithesis of it <laughs> so like i was just like in real time just getting i was completely immersed in like the 3d dialectic so i thought that in itself would be enough to demonstrate how politics works these days and I'm sure there's – I'm sure it'll just get batted back and forth like Wimbledon for the rest of the time. Yeah,
0: and I love this headline. This is a, a common tactic used by CNN and other – I'm sure everybody. But I've seen this type of headline frequently over the course of the past year since Mueller didn't really say anything. The headline from CNN was a, a big all-caps print, what Mueller didn't say. <laughs> That's what's important oh and what's so God. damning is what he oh didn't God. say.
1: That's so, so funny.
0: I think the main takeaway here is going to be the same type of takeaway as the Mueller report itself, which we talked about, and that's that both sides agree on something that has never actually been proven, and that's that Russia
1: interfered
0: <laughs> yes. and and dramatically changed our election. Uh, we must fight yes. back. Because yes. they're interfering right, right now. At one point, Mueller goes, uh, they're interfering right now. Right now, as we sit here, they're doing – I mean, what what is this? Uh, <laughs> what is this interference? This is oh, what influence.
1: What difference does it make? You know what it's, I mean? We've got $20 trillion of debt. To the extent Russia's interference is bringing us to our knees, it happened 100 years ago just by introducing worldwide communism. Who was it who said the United States would fall like a ripe fruit into their hands? Just because the hand is different doesn't mean that – see, it was that fruit that was ripening. It has nothing to do with now.
0: Who said who said that about we would fall like a ripe uh, fruit to the communists? I feel like things? it was
1: Stalin or – I mean I, I feel like it was Stalin who said the United States will fall like a ripe fruit into our hands because they introduced socialism to us. And, well, I don't know what his meaning was. I don't know what he thought the cause was, but I'm pretty sure that was it, that they had infiltrated our system with their techniques and ideology and that it was just wrapped on its own until it fell into their hands. And the debt alone, that actually dovetails with what MacArthur said to Kennedy about the – our strength is our economy, and if we're ever to be defeated by an enemy, it's the economy that we'll have to destroy, which is exactly what happened.
0: Well, Edward Bernays says in one of his books – I can't remember which one. I think it might be propaganda. I'm not sure which one it is, but he says – and it's just a throwaway sentence. I know I've said this before, but this is why I started researching communist propaganda is because this throwaway line in Edward Bernays' book where he just says randomly, anybody who cares about protecting democracy better learn how communist propaganda techniques work right now, and that's it. That's all he says on it. Kind of similar to what you said. Mm-hmm. What Stalin said. Say it again. Anybody who wants to protect democracy, who cares about democracy, better learn how communist propaganda techniques work.
1: Propaganda. Oh yeah, I don't. I don't think it was propaganda. Stalin was talking about though. I think it was ideology.
0: Oh, you think he was talking about the ideology? Yeah. Propaganda appeals to propaganda the ideology.
1: Ideology. I get it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I. I guess. I just feel like. I don't know. Maybe it's worth looking into because for me, it's it's the it's the destruction of the economy from socialism. But if it's simply just a hearts and minds endeavor, and we've finally gone over to him, it's possible. I think there was context to his statement. I'll, I'll investigate. Well, he
0: builds off of Len- Stalin builds off of Leninism. And there's Leninism, there's Leninism, Stalinism, there's all these little offshoots of communism. I think that part of it is a reference to – and this isn't just communism that does this, but they actually put some of this stuff on paper at their international communist conventions, the International Communist Congress or whatever it's called. But the deception is their main strategy. I mean this is like on the records that they decided to shed their communist colors. They would infiltrate progressives, infiltrate democrats, infiltrate ideologies that would be cooperative with them, and then they would take over – and it would all be done under the guise of something else. So I think Bernays well, is probably Lennon talking actually, about it's
1: Lenin actually who said it. So yeah, Lenin It's Lenin who said it, that. I found event. It. No, no, I mean it's Lenin who said this quote. So let me see if I oh really is Louise. It's in the New York Times in the archives from 1985. It says, uh, I'll just read you the first two paragraphs of this article. President Reagan was asked the other day if he still thought the Soviet Union was an evil empire. This is October 85. Yes, he told Ted Koppel of ABC because of things like the downing of a South Korean airline airliner in Soviet space. Moreover, he said, Soviet leaders repeatedly proclaim their global ambition, which is why I have often quoted Lenin's statement that. We will take Eastern Europe, we will organize the hordes of Asia, and then we will move into Latin America, and we won't have to take the United States. It will fall into our outstretched hands like overripe fruit. He goes on to say, when did Lenin say that? The quote fell like an overripe fruit into a televised discussion that followed Mr. Reagan's appearance. A Soviet official, Georgi Arbatov, denounced it as a Nazi invention, once exposed by the commentator Alistair Cook. Mr. Cook, sitting at hand, seemed to smile in assent. Well, seemed to smile in assent. Come on. Uh, uh, Mr. Cook couldn't remember, but he has his own theory, and uh, he suspects that Mr. Reagan got it from an old movie clip. I don't believe it.
0: Well, Uh. Lenin's the one who – officially shifted the party line to we're going to take over the world using deception as our main strategy
1: the reason that it's in the new york times is that it was being debunked supposedly it it is an undocumented john birch paraphrase offered as a live quotation by a president of the united states oh this is just a hit piece on reagan that sounds like
0: yeah it sounds kind of like totally. something i'd say about trump Doesn't that's it? that's
1: hilarious <laughs> that is really funny um, well, I, I want, I would like to really get to the bottom of it, but I yeah. can't, I can't, I don't have time to do it in real time.
0: Well, Anyways, one thing about Mueller. Oh, go ahead.
1: Yeah. No, just if anybody knows a, a real, a uh, better citation of that quote, I'm, um, I would love to hear it. You can, you can always post a topic or talk to me on the dot I always respond to people who approach me there and the pool. I'll be in your friend.
0: Pool. Yes,
1: it's, it's okay. summer.
0: It's time to get into the yes, propaganda to report dip, pool. Dip
1: a toe, the press pool. Okay, go.
0: The Mueller report, the Mueller testimony, when you kind of pull it back, connects and is related to the Epstein case and the way that we talked about it last week. In that, one of the purposes of the Epstein thing is to prop up these local mouthpieces that are just fronts for the national controlled media. And to silence alternative news that is actually going to tell inconvenient truths or, as you call it, unpatriotic facts. (laughs) So the Mueller report connects to that in that a lot of this is the agreement. They were focused on the disagreement, the theater that they're having among the Democrats and Republicans. It's all theater, it's all nonsense.
1: It's total nonsense. I mean, it's, it's really, it really is. It's an embarrassment that this one was so embarrassing. I have to agree.
0: I'm I'm watching this and I'm just like, this is a joke.
1: Yeah. So I it's very it, so hard for me to watch this stuff in real time because it just takes too long, so I have to go
0: YouTube it fast yeah. you know, twice speed. But But it's that takeaway, that agreement that Russia did it, yeah. they're guilty, and that that is part of the silencing campaign of alternative news. So those kind of go hand in hand in this we, we have all these issues, these divisive issues that are being presented in front of us and on the surface, but beneath all these issues is this agenda to completely silence alternative news for these kind of – these bigger agendas that – maybe war agendas that both sides agree on. That's my yeah. one thing about the Mueller report. There.
1: Yeah, yeah, and and they're bringing this whole conspiracy theory idea as part of the dialectic. Exactly. Which- <clears throat> I mean, same thing
0: in the Miami yeah. Herald thing. The conspiracy thing was also a, a big thing. We want to prop up these these local organizations because we have to silence these these fake news conspiracy theorists. And uh, you said that he mentioned conspiracy right there at the beginning. Yeah, it's crazy. Oh, yeah.
1: And and uh, one of the headlines I had for you, or the stories that I wanted to talk about, so I just throw out there, was something I heard on the news the other day. Uh, about Lyme disease. Have you heard Lyme disease in the news recently?
0: I have. I can't remember in what context.
1: One time, I was absolutely like, no way. Years ago, years and years ago, somebody called my show like an old – she sounded like an older lady, and she was just hysterical and frantic. And she was like, you have to understand – The Lyme disease came from the Department of Defense. We are so sick. Uh, My husband and I both got it. We lived out there. You have to understand, people need to expose it. You're the only one who, like, let me talk. And I was like, yeah, but we're talking about something totally different. Uh So I just couldn't. I had no idea what she was talking about. Then the other day I heard that Congress slipped in. To I guess it was like the defense reauthorization or something. They slipped in. They wanted defense the Defense Department to investigate these allegations that when they were doing biological weapons research in, on Plum Island or whatever it was out on Long Island near Lyme, Connecticut, they are being accused of having released Lyme disease because they were working on insect-borne biological weapons. Really? Yes, and – so for me, of course, that they're that they're doing it, that they're talking about it, that they're putting it in there, they I have to assume that they're doing this as a misdirection or a limited hangout or something. I mean, or that they don't think it'll ever go anywhere, they're trying to placate something. There's no reason for them to do it. It could even go for this idea that there are some conspiracy theories that are okay, or some that are Republican and some that are Democrat you know what I mean like they're actually have conspiracy theories out there that are acceptable so that it looks like some conspiracy theories are acceptable and if you are talking about ones that neither left nor right accepts then you're really an idiot yeah so flat earthing is is a conspiracy theory that isn't very threatening to anybody. So they allow it, they promote it, whatever. But the moon landing thing, you'd have to be dumb as an athlete to, you know what I mean? Like they get really hysterical over the moon landing thing. It's just, it feels to me like, like conspiracy theories are being, Sanitized or sterilized or – The Area
0: 51 thing. Have you seen this? No. There's been an ongoing story for the past couple of weeks about this group of – I think it's ballooned up to over a million or so people now who have organized on Facebook, which that's what Facebook is there for. It's an organizing tool for mostly political campaigns, but in this case an Area 51 campaign where a bunch of people are going to raid Area 51 (laughs) – or, I don't know the date it was supposed to happen. I mean, they're not. It's not actually going to happen. If they did, it would probably be some sort of massacre. But it's interesting that it, it's <laughs> been yes. it's been in the news a lot, and you don't balloon to this amount of people this quickly without some sort of help, as you point out quite often. Uh, this is in the spotlight of the news for so it's being given it's being given airtime for a reason. Free uh, yeah, as we know, the day after storming Area 51, there's a plan to storm Loch Ness. This is on CNN today. <laughs> this is a real which is story. A, which is a lake, right? Uh, they're going like, to dive into the lake. I don't know. Yeah. It's,
1: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you had enough people, I mean, if you had a million people jump into the lake, uh, everybody would a, touched a bottom you know at one time, but I think the the, the lake would overflow. That's um, happened in my hot tub before.
0: Oh, yeah. You've had uh, a million people in yes, your hot tub?
1: Yes. Touching the bottom at the same time. No, but my daughter had a bunch of friends over on a like her graduation party or whatever from eighth grade. And they all every kid got into the hot tub. And then when they got out, the hot tub was spewing stuff all over because it had completely overflowed almost all of the water. So when there was a Loch Ness monster flopping out. around. Yes. No, then we were sure there was no Loch Ness monster. You could tell.
0: Los Angeles yeah. Times: Area 51 holds secrets, all right, but they don't involve UFOs and aliens. And that's actually exactly what I told someone. Is probably I believe that. the case. Yeah. Sounds right. And, and you know what? Even if it did, I'm not. I'm not discounting that it might have secrets about aliens. I don't know, but we're not going to find that out. They would not be focusing on Area 51 right now. … if they hadn't already moved whatever incriminating things they don't want people to find. I mean we know because we listened to this, that War College clip talking about the secret technology in airplanes buried beneath Area 50. I mean that's what I would want to storm and try – bring some shovels, dig up those old airplanes that can go a, a, a mile a second, and let's figure out that technology because there's probably a better chance of finding something like that there than any alien… But there's a lot of secret bases, and this one is the stereotypical one that's in the news. So anything they incriminating is gone. It's been moved. Yeah,
1: or they could just wall it up. You know, Although you know, it's, it's going to be interesting.
0: It. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what actually happens here. Who was here.
1: telling us stuff was buried out there?
0: That was the podcast. I was, I was talking about the War College podcast, talking about right, the airplanes right, right. that were buried beneath it. So that's I, I, what they
1: should do. It's just yeah. – Get out there with their spoons and dig in the dirt.
0: That's what I was saying. The sh- bring a shovel. Dig up that old technology. Yeah. And uh, I that would be interested in, in seeing that happen. It's not going to happen. I'm not quite sure what's going to happen with this. Maybe well, they'll sell a bunch for of T-shirts
1: sure some This is happening for a reason, a misdirection, or like people think – or yeah, maybe you're one of these people who think that the moon landing as it was presented to us did not happen. But they, because with the technology at the time, it could not have happened, but they had advanced technology that allowed it to happen, but they couldn't tell us about the technology. So, so uh, maybe it's, you just don't have the, maybe the UFO story they're showing us. Is there for our consumption because whatever the real story is about our own tech or freaky things that we're about to do, or maybe cloud formations that are gonna pop up from solar radiation management? Like they said that they're oh we're not gonna be able to predict the weather anymore because of 5G, but I've been saying you can't predict the weather anymore because they're they're messing with it and they're not telling us. Yeah. So I'm just saying if it could be like a way to make the UFO feel conventional, but something and and it will explain. To some people, some bizarre phenomena. It's just like the chemtrail-contrail thing. Like, we all see what's in the sky, and some people call it chemtrails, and some people call it contrails. But they all see it. It's all there. You know what I mean? But you're so busy arguing about the true nature of this grotesque phenomenon that you're not, like, saying, well, it doesn't matter what it is. Just stop doing it. Yeah. They didn't used to do it. Like, go back to the way planes used to be.
0: Yeah. They're just talking so casually about in reference to the UFO phenomenon because it's been acknowledged now. It's all it's UFOs have been mainstreamed, but the mainstreaming of it, as we've talked about, has been UFOs are real, but they're most likely some sort of advanced technology, either our black ops are creating or someone like China is creating. But they talk about that in a way that's so nonchalant and like, oh, yeah, yeah, UFOs are real. It's not aliens, though. It's just the most advanced technology humanity's <laughs> ever created that could kill us all. Right. That's all it is. The fact that people aren't alarmed by that. Because they're so, they're so, fo- like the dialectic is so focused on is it aliens? Is it not? You know,
1: if you look into for a while there when I was kind of just hunting down every conspiracy theory I came upon, and I debunked a couple myself, like Paul McCartney is definitely Paul McCartney. He was never dead. This is not a different person. I told you how I figured that out. I told you like 10 times. Nobody talks about it.
0: Something his, about his jawline.
1: Yeah, his five o'clock shadow. In every picture you ever see, he has a very distinctive 5 o'clock shadow and always has. And I've never heard of 5 o'clock shadow surgery. <laughs> I'm sure nobody even thought about it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, an interesting surgery. So when I looked into the UFO stuff, there is some really compelling testimony from people in the know, insiders, officials, Yeah, shaken, really like – these guys are either super fantastic actors or completely believe it. So if you were to go on the credibility and plot, the credibility and believability of these people, you would totally believe it. So it just, for me, like shows that either it's true and the way those guys are describing it is true, or there are rather sophisticated faux conspiracy theories generated at the highest levels in order to mask the true nature of the phenomena the conspiracy theory is trying to explain and i think we see that in a lot of
0: different there's even a new podcast debunking the moon landing conspiracy theories that's come out recently here's the
1: thing about the moon landing first of all people i strongly recommend watch american moon where they examine the photographs and Seems to me, and I have not had a – the only explanation I've ever seen out there for this is now the two-way communication appears to be occurring, like, faster than the speed of light or certainly faster than any technology that was available at the time. And the – I talked to a professional photographer about it, and I also, like, saw some stuff online that the actual explanation is – that everything you see that shows you it happening in real time, including the original broadcast, was actually edited. It wasn't actually live. So there's some conspiracy to, yeah, edit yeah. It slightly, <laughs> but not to fake it. So that it's that live streaming two way communication that is puzzling. But American Moon, I don't think it even addresses that at all, but it does show. The light sources and I, and I want to understand why the most important photograph they could possibly conceive of, because presumably they justify this by making it a science trip, why nobody just stopped and pointed the camera to the sky to see a different perspective of stars and the heavens. I mean, they were on a different celestial body for the first time ever. And the Earth,
0: can't you see the Earth from there? Yeah, I would
1: think. Well, did you ever see that really nutty video of how they're they're modifying the size of the window in the space vehicle in the like spaceship to make the Earth look further away than it is? That video, it's real. It's like highly compelling, but again, like I don't know if it's a highly compelling fake. But try to figure that. Try to find that. It's probably harder to find than ever now because it's on YouTube, which is Googled. But yeah. it's uh, astronauts. I'll try to find it. Astronauts making the window bigger, so that making like putting black around the window to make it look bigger to make the Earth look smaller is like an attempt at an optical illusion. That's what it shows. But, but I mean, they're out there. What is the one thing that would just change everything? in your understanding of the universe, it's a three dimensional perspective from a different point. It's like, that would be the most important mathematical data point. You could single data point you could bring back. Yeah. You know what I mean? A different perspective of the universe. And they were just like, but he had a golf ball. (laughs) Yeah. I don't think that, but how is that the most important thing?
0: It's not. It's not important at all. And today, and I know it's been 50 years and technology has advanced, but today they talk about how they they've pretty much already established that deep fakes are in some in some way going to affect the election. This is what they do. They're already seeding in that R- Russian interference has already altered the outcome of the election. Deep fakes created by Russians has already altered the outcome of the election. This has already been seeded in the public mind and will no doubt be part of the narrative after the election in 2020, in my opinion. So it's very obvious that that video can be manipulated to the point of where you can put people in films that aren't in films. 50 years ago, you could manipulate film. Like the, the moon landing, you you could – any good film maker could create – Like Stanley Kubrick? A, uh, yes,
1: a convincing fake. Did you see ever see the analysis of how 2001 A Space Odyssey, how he invented the technique that would have had that fake be completely realistic, which is why they attribute the fake
0: to no, him? I, I didn't know that. I have it. Oh, you should look at that. it. That's it's interesting it, though.
1: Yeah, like the his opening scene with the monkey and the obelisk apparently yeah. is a kind of like the way Disney invented a kind of 3D way to do animation with like these layered films at different depths. He did something similar with the way to project a background. So there's a very good explanation
0: of exactly how you could do it at that time yeah. with that technology, and yeah. it was the guy. And they and they and they act like something that's completely plausible, something that is completely doable within with the technology that was right. available at the time. Right. They act like it's just insane. And that you're some kind of a-hole
1: for being like yeah. they could have. Like, what's wrong with you? It's like, but they could have, and they would have done it for this country. Because 20 years later, the Soviet Union fell. 20 years later. That's not a lot of time. And if they had won that space race, if we had failed, and they say that the Soviet Union collapsed for psychological reasons, that Reagan got up there and said, we've got Star Wars weaponry. You might as well just put down your nukes and go home. And they were just like, I'm out. That never would have worked if we hadn't. If we had flubbed landing on the moon, it just would not have worked. So they—that's one argument that, where for reasons of national security, they should have done it. That's a secret they should have done, but
0: you can't. Yeah, that that would be now.
1: Now they're having a space race to get somebody to the moon with Elon Musk. Propaganda of the deed
0: would—would that be an example of propaganda of the deed to intimidate your enemy?
1: Yeah, and there's nothing. I mean, that—that at least has a justification. In that if they were truly perceiving the Soviet Union as our enemy and that was a way to beat them, then it it could arguably be not immoral. It's not democratic, but empire is right.
0: And it's also something that we do and other countries do is stage things
1: to
0: create a perception that's going to. The Whether Gulf create of time, yeah. fear or whatever, demoralize, that is something that we have historically done. It's been documented over and over again. There's a whole book called Falsehoods in Wartime that documents all the lies, all the staged things that were told during and before World War I. We do this, so it's not outrageous to suggest or consider that… Perhaps something happened that we very well could have done with the technology that we had. You're not an asshole. You're not a crazy done. conspiracy Yeah, and
1: should have done.
0: They yeah. should
1: have done it. You know? They should have done it. Because and Kennedy popped off. What, what was he thinking?
0: <laughs> yeah. You know, <laughs> him,
1: why did he say that?
0: Yeah. On a similar note, for anyone in the Atlanta area who might be interested, I will be – performing in an improvised action show about the universe's greatest astronauts called Astronaut University on Saturday, August 10th at 8 p.m. at the famous Relapse Theater in Atlanta. I play a character named Johnny Blastoff. Should be a lot of fun. So come on out. Check it out if you're interested in that sort of thing. Tickets are, I believe, $15 at the door and ten dollars online so get them early if you do come so you can get that discounted price get the tickets at com. i'll leave the link in the show notes check it out august 10th 8 p.m astronaut university and improvised comedy action show
1: nice com. is that
0: what you said dot com. Yeah.
1: all right well don't forget to plug that on wsb let's all right. uh that's the uh atlantic boy i bet I don't know, like I have never had a lot of luck selling things or getting people out, although we've had some good remotes and stuff, but uh, so I don't know if it'll work, but I think our listeners would like to know
0: about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: So um, can I follow up before we move on on the quote? Yes. That uh, quote earlier that it says, in according to Wiki quote it was misattributed. Uh, it says, Cardinal Francis Spellman used the attribution... In his speech to the 1954 National Convention of the American Legion, it has been debunked repeatedly, uh, including in They Never Said It by Paul Bowler and John George. Uh, the last two sentences have also been misattributed to Khrushchev. The metaphor of the ripe fruit appears much earlier in U.S. policy discussions about Cuba. If an apple here, here's one of them, wow. Uh, John Quincy Adams in a letter to Hugh Nelson on the 28th of April, 1823, he says, if an apple severed by the tempest from its native tree cannot choose but fall to the ground, Cuba, forcibly disjointed from its unnatural connection with Spain and incapable of self-support, can only gravitate towards the North American Union. Wow. So I found in a map – there's one more, but I'm going to give you this little interjection. I found in a map store in Atlanta a map that showed the United States, not with Alaska and Hawaii, but the inset was Cuba. We expected Cuba to be a state or our Puerto Rico or whatever, and it was a fantastic map, and it was a little expensive, like an idiot. I did not buy it, and there's a couple of things in my life I have regretted. One was a bronze statue of a blue man when I was in Morocco. A blue man is a desert guy with all his, like, things – Whipping behind him in the wind as he rides a camel, and he's completely painted blue for some
0: reason. You bought this painting? I
1: didn't buy it. It was a bronze sculpture, and it was like five thousand dollars. And at the time, I mean, it was out of the question. But I think it would probably be worth twenty five thousand dollars now, or certainly, I would give that. I'd right? trade one of my my crappy little Fiat for the <laughs> for the blue man right now. But that map of Cuba was one of my other regrets of like i just should have done it anyway maybe i'll go back to that place and get me another one so here's the last quote the second one park godwin in annexation from february 1854 the fruit will fall into our hands when it is ripe without an officious shaking of the tree cuba will be ours in due season without the wicked impertinence of war wow so check that out. It Read was that again Yeah. The fruit will fall into our hands when it is ripe without an officious shaking of the tree. Cuba will be ours in due season without the wicked impertinence of war. That's Park Godwin in quote annexation, february eighteen fifty four. So there you go, eighteen twenty three and eighteen fifty four. The U.S. uses it as a plot against Cuba, yet we attribute it from Francis Spellman, Cardinal Spellman, to Ronald Reagan. We attribute it to the evil machinations of the Russian communists.
0: That's interesting. Misattributed quotes are common, and they're misattributed in in a lot of cases, I believe, on purpose because when you can attribute a quote to a certain person, then People won't question it. In fact, they'll they'll assume wisdom or whatever they the intent people want them to assume into it, and they'll just repeat it. And an example of this is perhaps one of the most commonly misattributed quotes of our time, and that's the quote that where everybody goes and politicians say this all the time. I, I almost every congressional hearing I hear some politicians say this. They say, you know. Einstein said the definition of insanity oh, I is repeating hate the one. same thing over oh. and over again and expecting a different outcome. Yes, and people – first that. of all, that's not even wise. That's the definition of persistence really. Is it not? <laughs> I mean don't you have to do things, the same thing to get better at them? Exactly. And he was married
1: to an insane woman actually, and he got that marriage annulled, and I believe he might have given up the baby they had to adoption. You want know who it.
0: actually said that? Who? It was not Einstein. It was the first time it appeared was in a pamphlet printed by the Narcotics Anonymous organization in 1981. Are you sure? I found this on multiple different quote investigator sites, and that's the same answer I found on all of them. This is what it said in the pamphlet. The price may seem higher for the addict who prostitutes for a fix than it is for the addict who merely lies to a doctor, but ultimately both pay with their lives. Insanity is repeating the same mistakes and expecting different results. This is the earliest it could be found in print, according to a number of quote investigator websites. Perhaps that's propaganda in and of itself. Who would you say said that last quote you just said? Uh, I moved on because
1: I have another one I want to tell you. Uh, I, I remember it was uh, – it said Park Godwin, P-A-R-K-E-G-O-D-W-I-N in something called Annexation, 1854. Interesting. So here's another one that's the most misattributed quote I've ever heard. It – and I I believe it's misattributed. It could have been uh, – it could have been – it could be both people said it, but you've probably heard many times a quote – Attributed to the original Rothschild, I believe, the most – or whatever, the the one of the Napoleon era, Meyer Rothschild, I think, um, or one of the Rothschilds that said, let me print the money or control the money, and I don't care who writes the laws. But the actual quote, or the only one I've ever found properly attributed, was Andrew Fletcher – who lived from 1653 to September 1716, a Scottish writer, politician, and patriot who said – it says, uh, I said I knew a very – this is his quote. I said I knew a very wise man so much of Sir Christopher's sentiment that he believed if a man were permitted to make all the ballads, he need not care who should make the laws of a nation. Mm -hmm. And we and we find that most of the ancient legislators thought that they could not well reform the manners of any city without the help of a lyric and sometimes of a dramatic poet.
0: Absolutely. That quote is so true songs stick in people's heads they attribute that to rockefeller people misattribute people it to misattribute
1: it to being about money not songs and they okay. misattribute yeah. it to rothschild it says here uh they may also substitute equivalent words such as songs for ballads or country for nation the sentiment is sometimes attributed to plato but does not appear in his work austin Matzko has discovered that the mistaken attribution probably originated in an ambiguous sentence in Donald Grout's History of Western Music, so that that quote is is misattributed and misconstrued, but it's totally metamorphosed in the Rothschild one. I think there's a
0: reason for that. I don't. I don't think you want people hearing that quote. To you know just the read. answer. Music is mind control. I mean, don't get me wrong. I love music. But music, you can seed messages in people's heads, and then they can't get them out of their heads. And it – especially when people are in groups, it transforms people. That's why they have military songs and stuff, people at war. Before football games, people get jacked up listening to certain songs. People amp themselves up, and there's good and there's bad with music. But it is very much a controlling power. That's funny
1: because I had just seen last week a a headline about – protests in Puerto Rico against the governor and one of the leading protesters was a reggaeton. I never heard of reggaeton. It's like reggae with a T-O-N at the end. I guess that's a genre of music. That there was a reggaeton star who was being quoted about the Puerto Rican protests. And it totally reminded me of the scandal that the CIA had planted a rapper in Cuba to foment political unrest not that long ago. Yeah. No. And, and, and you can see I have a book at home called Roots, Rhythm and Revolution. It's from the sixties and it's about as un PC as you could possibly have because it's about the counterculture and how, uh what the kind of new music is meant to undermine the sophistication of the body politic. And, but it, but it has a lot of good stuff in it. It's just offensive in the way it approaches this stuff, classifying people. And it's just insulting, I think, to a lot of people, age groups and ethnicities and everything. But he, but it does talk about it does talk about studies that were being done in Russia. So I think in Russia they could do a lot of studies on people, psychological studies that we're not allowed to do here, and then we use it, which is one reason why you you wonder if these countries are kind of at some very high level controlled by the world power. And yeah. the way China is, is kind of uh, experimenting with different elements of the total police state – They were dealing with the psychology, and one of the things that they were studying for all different age groups was the impact of different kinds of music on people in different developmental stages. And then after they were finished their research, according to this book, they were bringing it over to – to us, so like folk music was was a part of that, and it affected like college age people and more like rhythmic kind of rhyming was brought to like preschool levels, and it was interesting
0: because this can indoctrinate. guy
1: indoctrinate. It was more. It was actually more about not the message, but the impact of certain kinds of beats.
0: Yeah, about – on the frequency and on your emotional state.
1: Yeah, and this guy, and then, and then, right, you make people susceptible to suggestion and different kinds of action. But he had a really interesting little thing in there that, in so he was writing this, I think, in the 60s, and he said, I don't understand, or maybe the early, early 70s, I don't understand. I asked William F. Buckley. Or that crowd, National Review, to address this, and they poo-pooed me. They shut me down. They foiled me. They they actually derailed me. Took my stuff out of the queue of the. You know, I was actually getting somewhere, and their intervention kind of stopped me down. And that's the first reference I'd ever seen to how William F. Buckley it was in my opinion a complete like i think the john birch guy called him the pied piper of the establishment he was there to control a conservative resurgence and my parents like loved him and then they fell away from him because it was clear he was he was totally full of it but nobody knew that for decades and this guy had that bad experience with him early on it just makes it just adds some credibility to this guy's approach and his sincerity and uh and i mean the book i can't really recommend it cuz i think it's it's ugh, it doesn't fly in this day and age but he has a lot of good info in there about the the impact of music so then i look at as music has been deconstructed over the years so first they took away melody then they take away rhythm and now we have just beat and at a certain point it is so agitating like yeah if one Hitler of my kids said, Oh my gosh, I he can't think, I feel awful. It's not cool. It's very agitating to these kids and their adolescents. They don't need to be listening to that. Yeah. They don't need to be any more agitated than they are already or sexual it, or whatever. The, the right. lyrics, too, are very sexual, very kind of slurring, drunken. You know, like the imagery it brings up is just very, it's just very visceral. It just doesn't have soul. And then I'm not very educated. I don't really listen to classical music or any of that. But if you but sometimes like I just need to clean my brain out and I'll listen to like a little and you're like, wow, like human beings can create something like this. It's like it makes you think that we aren't animals.
0: It, but classical the new, music is yeah. it. It, like, transforms your mind when you listen to it. It's and they unbelievable.
1: Said, if you put that – if you put a plant in a room with that and you put a plant in a room with, with something that's just all beat, the one with beat dies and the one with classical music thrives. I mean, I don't know if that's
0: true, but – I think that you. could be true. Plants are very much alive.
1: Yeah. They're very much affected right. by
0: frequency just like oh, we yeah. are.
1: Yeah, which is what makes the whole 5G thing kind of crazy.
0: Yeah, totally.
1: I mean – how can they do why why are they doing this? I mean, what if do they not care about their own kids? Do they feel like we're just all gonna be cyborgs by then? Do they really not care about their own kids? I mean, because here could be an idea. Eighty percent of the people will die. And we know that's what they want. So it wouldn't surprise me if they're just like, well, it just kills a lot of people and we'll just sacrifice our own kids along with everybody else who cares. Or we know the answer, you know.
0: We yeah. to
1: do it. We know the cure. We know how to prevent. Like, I don't even know if they do. I don't even know if they save their own.
0: I think the argument's going to be – at least what they'd argue to the public anyway – is that 5G is going to create a solution to any problems that might arise because of the advanced technologies that we're going to be able to create from it.
1: Oh, I I feel like they create problems that they are going to solve, like – Nobody, I worry about my kids' eyes with the screens. Yeah. But everybody has speakers inserted directly onto their eardrums. People, this generation, there is no reason. We have no idea. And it how, affects you. Yeah, their sensory organs are going. Uh, there's no way your ears are not going to respond to that. When I get into the studio, if I put somebody else's headphones, if they're just left there, they're on like eleven. Yeah, I can't listen to it too high. Yeah, Because people are so deaf in the radio business that anybody who's got any seasoning is freaking got it, has to pump the headphones up. It's nuts.
0: I have to consciously remember to keep mine low because if I I don't get it too high, I had tubes in my ears as a kid. I had bad ears as a kid. They'll be – my ears will ring for the next – the rest of the day. If I don't do that.
1: Well, maybe you're lucky that you have that reminder because I yeah. look at my kids and I think, okay, so when they're older, their eyes are shot, their ears are shot, and then they be like, I better get that brain implant. <laughs> I know? was
0: just told that – yeah, exactly.
1: You
0: know? I went and got my contact lenses, the contact lens exam. It's always funny. My, my prescription always goes up and down, so it, it'll be really? two, negative two or whatever, and then the next time it would have gotten a little bit better. In fact, I found that when I don't have my contacts for like a month or so, and I don't wear my glasses, that if I go get an eye exam after that, my prescription is always lower. So my vision has always improved when I haven't relied.
1: So the glasses on the, make it worse. They'll tell you that don't it doesn't. Okay, well, of course, because I that's started the researching interest.
0: that. There's yeah. an app. I haven't tried it. I did read some of the reviews, which it had mixed reviews, but I read some of the science behind it. But there, there's an app that's like 50 bucks, and I think there's also a monthly thing. It's pretty expensive. But the promise of the app is that if you do these exercises over this period of time, that you will restore your vision. And it wow. emphasizes not wearing your contacts and not wearing your glasses at certain times, and it gives you certain times of the day to do the exercises, and it tells you – like what not to do, don't look at a screen all day, don't sit in this type of lighting. It's really interesting. Oh, you it's have to really send to me
1: for my son. His eyes are – he's like begs me for more prescriptions. He's like, yeah, I want more. I'm like, no, you've got to wait. Let me see. His eyes are I, just crashing. you got to send that to me. So while you're looking for that, can I tell you – can I give you a, a story?
0: Yeah, give me one. Tell
1: you a story. You ready?
0: Yeah. All right.
1: Uh. Boris Johnson, he's going to be the new prime minister of the UK.
0: I heard that. He's the blonde-headed racist Trump of the UK from what I've heard, right?
1: Well, yes, and I I remember I really got it wrong who was going to win prime minister and who was going to win president in 2016 because I thought it would be Boris Johnson after Trump. I forgot what order it was in. But I totally thought Boris Johnson was going to get it. I think it must have been after Trump got it. And, uh, and he didn't. But it was so parallel, and it is so parallel, yeah, that <laughs> I just figured it was going to happen. But So he gets it, and I had a couple of things that I noticed about it. One headline said, uh, Johnson promises Brexit, says the buck stops here. No, what what do you think about that?
0: The buck stops here is his slogan.
1: No, he the the headline was I just tweeted it, so I'll, I'll read it word for word. Uh, they redid Twitter in the past like one hour, so I can't use it. All right, it's
0: different, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so they changed mine a few months ago. I've uh, I've realized they've staggered who they cha- whose format they've changed. It's kind of Weird.
1: Okay. It says uh, CNN, Boris Johnson delivers defiant first speech as UK prime minister pledging to make Brexit happen, period. The buck stops here, he says. (laughs) Now, what I have a strong reaction to that, and I want to know if you can anticipate what I'm going to say.
0: Read the headline one more time.
1: Yeah. Boris Johnson delivers defiant first speech as UK prime minister, pledging to make Brexit happen, period. The buck stops here, he says.
0: Oh, Brexit will not happen. Is that your reaction?
1: No. Here's the thing. It's psychological. He (laughs) is quoting a US president
0: did trump say that the buck stops? no
1: the buck stops here was truman was it was a plaque i believe it was a plaque (laughs) on truman's desk yeah i'm pretty sure i'm gonna look at it right now the buck so here's why i think that matters the buck stops here is a phrase that was popularized by u.s president harry s truman there's not supposed to be a period after the s because it didn't stand for anything uh who kept a sign with that phrase on his desk in the Oval Office. The phrase refers to the notion that the president has to make the decisions and accept the ultimate responsibility for those decisions. So in my opinion, or I should say, here's a theory for you. uh, Johnson takes office and quotes an American president promising to make Brexit happen. So for me... The whole thing of Brexit became clear in that one sentence because opponents of Brexit probably say it's a U.S. plot (laughs) and that Johnson is in bed with his doppelganger Trump, and this just triggers the left or whoever whoever his opponents are. I'm sure the left. So they see – they're like, see – He's quoting an American president. He's in bed with the Americans. That's why he wants Brexit. He's going to do a hard exit. He's going to do Brexit so that he can make all these deals with the U.S. because he's in bed with them, blah, blah. And then the patriots are going to be like, no, he's doing Brexit because he's a patriot and he doesn't want us to be in the EU and blah, 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 because that's what we want him to do. So – it seems to me that it's meant for – he's just another divisiveness. And I, as soon as I heard this, I tweeted, oh, I wonder if they'll have a, a, a Boris Johnson baby flying over London the way they had a Trump baby.
0: <laughs> I know somebody who is capitalizing off of that and selling their own version of it on Amazon.
1: Oh, you, I'm sure I, it would be great to have like those little Kevlar or whatever those, those – what are those balloons called? Like little balloons at Publix or whatever. No, people wouldn't like it. but. uh <laughs> But they, so of course I Googled it and there is a Johnson balloon over London or <laughs> Yeah, I know, I hate that. I've always gone. But here's the thing. So and I would take it one step further and I'm beginning to worry about, about what they're really up to at the border. Like it's not simple. So when when Trump was in there being a jerk in the campaign, I was like, Oh, they're just trying to get Hillary to win because he's such a jerk. Right. So this is a lose on purpose. And then it just – it got – and I even thought that, like, during the – until the nomination for the Republicans that he was just trying to, like, pump up Jeb by making everybody want an establishment guy. Like, I just thought it was purely dialectical, like, just a pure reaction-getting thing. But they put so much effort into it. It was such a big deal. It was so important. I, I, I In retrospect, I thought, yes, I should have seen that. It just wasn't – just to piss people off. Like they were putting him in there for, you know, they're putting him in there first of all, and that he's doing stuff with that, whether it's the reaction to get people to hate each other here or to get us into war, whatever. I don't know, but I feel that way about the border. So they've got this stuff going on at the border. It feels very clowered and Piven, which was, you know, where they want to collapse the system on purpose. And I realized like, We have $20 trillion of debt. I'm beginning to think that that really the number one purpose of all activity at the government level or an indispensable object of it all is – collapsing debt just just debt to the point of collapse and they they have to just keep spending money they just have to keep creating problems like reparations like that what that chick who like struggled with the math on my wsb show because the math was just so ridiculous if you gave everybody what a million bucks it would be 36 trillion dollars you know so reparations could be limitless like source of collapsing debt and likewise like if we don't have enough poverty in this country if we really don't have enough poverty or people bringing they're they're trying to import poverty and fear and crime and stuff they're trying to bring it in like physical and fiscal insecurity are the two ways they get to the right and the left respectively to grow government to grow debt to grow power at the top at a certain point like we just don't we just if we spend half of this tremendous amount of wealth that we produce every year and we we are actually approaching that you just can't argue i i've done the math you can't argue that we don't we don't already pay enough taxes to to have every single person in america live high on the hog right now and physically too like we could we we just spend as much defense as everybody else in the world combined like the the numbers just don't work anymore so if they bring in fiscal and physical insecurity over the border, only that could justify or try to do reparations so that you bring you you transport that poverty and injustice and fear from the past. It's the only way to to continue this madness with the debt. And and I think I I think that that if they're really going for genuine collapse, that I mean, I do think the UK does act in concert in parallel. You can see it, maybe all the five eyes, maybe all the echelon English speaking countries and the islands around the main Eurasian continent. You know, if you think of it that way, if if Johnson really does do a hard exit, hard landing Brexit, uh, it, it could have a devastating effect that that could push them over the tipping point. I don't know. You know, but I, I just I'm, I, I do wonder if there is actual devastation on the horizon and not just
0: dialectics. That's definitely a possibility. I don't know the time span, but we are moving towards World War Three. I don't know exactly what it's going to look like. And I don't think it's going to be in the next six months, but it might be within the next five to ten years but that's what we're moving towards, and that that could fit into that. With that in mind, many people might have seen that Top Gun 2 is being released. They just published the trailer for Top Gun 2. It's terrible. It's 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 uh, an irritating trailer from the first five seconds into it. This is a propaganda film. Clearly, it's a propaganda film. I want to read you a passage from a book called Channels of Propaganda by – J. Michael Sproley, who is a propaganda researcher. I believe he still teaches maybe at Harvard or something, but he's got – he's written a lot of good material on propaganda analysis. Top Gun was in large part the original Top Gun, a propaganda film. It was used to, among other things, increase military recruitment. Here's what the book says. Typifying the revival of military hero films was Top Gun. The box office hit of the mid-'80s paid homage to the honor and courage of, the, of America's top fighter pilots. Top Gun was set at the Navy Fighters Weapons School at Miramar Naval Air Station in Southern California where the best are taught to be even better. In the climatic scenes, fighters from the U.S. US aircraft are surrounded by a larger Soviet air patrol. The feisty hero Maverick comes to the rescue by destroying enemy fighters that had been poised not only to destroy the Navy planes but perhaps even to sink the aircraft carrier itself. The U.S. Navy was quite happy with Top Gun. The film improved the Navy's image at the same time that it boosted recruiting. Stephen H. Clausen's public public information director at the U.S. Naval Academy – public information director, by the way, as most of our listeners I'm sure know – … … is another term for propagandist. He mm-hmm. commented that a movie like Top Gun shows a renewed respect for servicemen. It, can help, it can't help but make young people think that this is an exciting career. The cooperation between the Navy and the filmmakers began early. Top Gun was based on an article that lauded the Navy's Miramar School, and the Navy brass quickly recognized the potential public relations value of such a film. The Navy cooperated fully with the producers in exchange for some control over the script.
1: See, this is – can I just interrupt? Yeah. That's He lost me already because I doubt it originated outside of that system. Isn't that what they were saying? Like They were like, oh, you're going to make a movie like that? That's awesome.
0: It, it kind of comes off like that, but when he says it originated from an article, I believe that article was written by someone in the Navy.
1: Right. Okay, okay.
0: The Navy cooperated fully with the producers in exchange for some control over the film. The Navy's assistance turned out to be considerable… The film producers were granted the use of 20 fighter pilots, the aircraft carriers, Enterprise, and Ranger, the Miramar facility, and for only the cost of fuel, a fleet of Navy jets. The alliance between naval personnel and Hollywood filmmakers extended even to the promotion of the movie. Top Gun premiered at the Kennedy Center in Washington as part of the festivities for the 75th anniversary of the Association of Naval Aviation. It goes on to say… Tom Cruise, the star of Top Gun, felt a need to repent of his gung-ho fighter pilot character Maverick. Okay, some people felt that Top Gun was a right-wing film to promote the Navy, acknowledged Cruise in an interview. But I want the kids to know that that's not the way war is, that Top Gun was just an amusement park ride, a fun film with a PG-13 rating that was not supposed to be reality. That's why I didn't go on to make Top Gun 2 three, four, and five. That would have been irresponsible. Fast forward to 2019, (laughs) Tom Cruise stars in Top Gun 2, very irresponsibly I guess. Mm. I have a prediction about what Top Gun 2. My initial reaction was perhaps this is related to an approaching war, to increase military recruitment, because I've been on the lookout for articles and ads that – signal that they're trying to up military recruitment again, which Mm -hmm. is something obviously they're going to do prior to a war. And after watching the trailer, it's definitely a propaganda film, but I think it could be along the lines of promoting a war in a different way. I think it could, whether it's promoting it against Russia or Iran or whoever, I think this is going to be the move. This is my prediction based on watching the trailer. The trailer kind of shows Tom Cruise's character as an outdated  … … model of somebody who's in the military, and it shows the military pushing back against him as opposed to like an outside force. It's an inside force pushing back against him, and I believe that there's going to be maybe a bureaucrat character within the government who is a representation of Donald Trump who kind of says things like Donald Trump, acts a little bit like Donald Trump, and and this is going to be the protagonist force… against Tom Cruise's character, and he's going to be pushing Tom Cruise Protagonist? Antagonist, sorry. He's going to be the antagonist. No Trump
1: character is going to be the protagonist. Right. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. My mistake. He's going to be the antagonist to Maverick's protagonist, and the government's going to be turning against Maverick, against Tom Cruise, and Tom Cruise is going to, in essence, then turn around, and there's going to be some sort of scandal, some sort of Russian interference has infiltrated the military or something and has turned them against Maverick, and Maverick is going to then fight the government, our government, because in essence he's going to be fighting a foreign nice. power yeah, by fighting yeah. our government. That, nice. That's my prediction for the propaganda – the propaganda strategy that film could be taken. Maybe I'm wrong. That's what I got from the trailer, but I do find it interesting that Tom Cruise denounced Playing that character again because it would be irresponsible. So that makes me think that he's definitely not going to be promoting the military, that he's going to be promoting opposing Russians who have taken over the military.
1: Well, when they do stuff like that in the end, when they make propaganda like that, it's it's almost like that's the formula. They take this idea that there are people in the government even at the highest levels who are evil, but – there's the rank and file are good, your hero is good, and there's somebody up at the top they can reach out to who is fighting the good fight and does have the power to defeat that evil as soon as they find out about it.
0: Yeah, so, maybe it be Stacey Abrams. Maybe she's in the movie.
1: Yeah, I wouldn't <laughs> be surprised. I mean whatever, that character. Is probably I actually be am
0: looking forward to seeing this movie because I want to see the propaganda angle that it takes. I want to see if my if I'm off base here or not. So and, uh,
1: when do you think she's going to announce? The summer is too dullsville. It's got to be after Labor Day.
0: Look, I think we should take her for her word. She said the fall. Yeah, that would be the fall. Yeah. When it comes to stuff like that, yeah. not not her campaign strategies, not her talking points, not her rhetoric. That stuff is lies, not her stories. Those are all fabricated from a kernel of truth. But when it comes to her plans politically, she's been pretty upfront about a lot of it. Dude. It's, she
1: she said she was on the road to the White House before she even announced for governor, right after yep. she announced for governor. Granted, it was a Freudian slip, but but you've seen it in all of her articles and stuff. It says, yeah. like, oh, I never thought I'd run before 2028, and then it's like, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, are you running? <laughs> you know.
0: See, yeah, I'm wondering. I was thinking about this today, actually. <laughs> she's like, the Kamala, she's Harris, the mm-hmm. Kamala Harris versus Joe Biden. The first debate set up that little race dialectic with Joe mm-hmm. Biden as a – as a stand-in for Donald Trump, essentially—that's yeah. what I saw him as. And Kamala Harris, the very—it uh, was just like Stacey Abrams' praised performance when she gave the State of the Union address. It was not good. It was robotic. It was boring. She said it's nothing be- new. It was
1: better than. State In of fact,
0: the- I-, I would say that Stacey Abrams' State of the Union thing was terrible. To be honest with terrible, you, terrible. Terrible. acted like it was great. The I best know. thing i ever heard. I know. Now, Kamala Harris's performance during the first debate, I, I don't think it was much better. I, I did not think she did a it good job. It was
1: obviously acting. It, it was, was terrible acting. acting it was but, a bad stage play. But, it, yes, all that is true. But the Stacey Abrams stuff is just unwatchable because she's such a robot. But I think the whole Kamala Harris thing is she is setting herself up to take a fall in round two. That's against exactly Stacey. what I was
0: thinking about. Yeah. So she's being promoted up. Biden versus Harris, round two is being promoted. I think this, like you said, could be where Kamala starts to take a dip because she's not going to have – at least they're already going to determine – they've already determined how they're going to report on on the second debate. They've already determined it, I guarantee you.
1: Yeah, yeah. I I always think that. But but I think that the Kamala Harris character will have a weakness like – she was too privileged, or her mother's from India, or and her from the Knights nice Templar
0: connection where people mysteriously oh. died before their trial date that nobody ever asked her about. Her staffer, who she that's personally up. thanked, and nobody's heard from them since. You know, that will never oh, come up. But that you're right. Me.
1: Can I tell you my next story? Did
0: yes. Did you not go ahead. finish? Well, hold on. Yeah, yeah I, with let it. me finish to a point there, real quick. Uh, I think possibly she could. Have a little bit of a weaker performance this time, and I think that's going to open the door. If not Kamala, if that, if not this perfect intersectional candidate, even though she's not, then who else? I think that opens the door to start to subtly work in more mainstream media conversations about, what about Stacey Abrams?
1: Oh yeah, and that's exactly how it's going to happen. Like Joe, not Joe, like David Axelrod or Van, whatever. Somebody's going to come out and just say it's like when Newt Gingrich and then a bunch of other people said Melania should take center stage. We want more Melania. Melania will humanize Trump. And then uh, just as Melania's star seemed to be rising, she's completely set up by the RNC, completely kneecapped, never to be heard of again. That's it for her. I, I feel like. Someone is go so it just looked like that whole thing was orchestrated and crafted. I certainly Stacey Abrams is not going to be disappeared, but somebody is going to say, "How about Stacey Abrams?" And someone else is going to say, "Yeah." And then someone else is going to be like, "I was just listening to Van Jones and whatever." And I, you know,
0: is it too late for Stacey Abrams? Time to
1: hear from Stacey Abrams. Come on, a big round of applause for Stacey. Come on, Stacey, run, run. Yeah, whatever, but. Her whole thing is like, I'm the boss. I'm not going to be senator, mere senator. I don't know who you think you're talking to. I mean, like, you're talking to nobody, babe. (laughs) Or actually, to tell you the truth, we are talking to somebody.
0: And she's been campaigning still.
1: Yeah, but I mean, she's been campaigning on.
0: Yeah, a sorry, go ahead.
1: person who has a, a a fantastic credentials just like AOC, fantastic credentials. Let's talk about that. Unbelievable. Them. Wins, not yeah. not talk about them and make you look like a nobody. Anyway, sorry, I keep going. It's
0: so backwards too to do that. You have the greatest resume ever and you're like, "Well, that's, you hide that's it from
1: where we that's where we've come."
0: Uh, go ahead to your next story.
1: Okay, so this was just uh, kind of on the on the same heels as the Kamala Harris thing, with nobody's ever going to talk about that wacky Knights Templar thing.
0: It's unbelievable. It's yes. all verifiable in the archives, and yes, nobody so talks about. It.
1: And that, I mean, even that whole story that I was talking about the the Steinley public defender guy who ended up dead. Yeah. His backstory. What they did in San Francisco to railroad him out of a job, and he won in an election, and again, the same thing happened this time. I mean it's all it's – it should be national news. It should certainly have discredited all those people who worked against him, and now he's dead, and nobody cares. It's nuts.
0: It is nuts.
1: So – but here's the story. Is this I, – I just wanted to uh, point m- – mention, kind of hit on the topic of Ed Buck – Because from Epstein to Kamala Harris, like it is clear that some people, John Corzine style, do not get prosecuted. Ed Buck was – the name probably sounds familiar. He was the the rich Democrat donor in L.A. where two guys ended up dead in his apartment, two black guys. So black gay men who died the same way. Do you know anything about this story? Have you heard about it at all? Do you know what happened to that guy?
0: Wasn't Just he doing some sort of weird drugs with him?
1: Yeah, I think. Well, there are different definitions of chem sex. But this yeah. is what he was into, from what I can tell. He paid them to shoot meth into themselves. And he got off on watching that. Like he wasn't, I don't think he was having sex with them at all.
0: He got off on watching them, watching
1: them mainline meth. So and there's so the first guy, Jamel Moore, he died in 2018, and and later his family found a diary that said like he talked me into doing it again. I think I'm gonna die. I gotta get out of here. I he he had me do it twice today, twice yesterday. I I can't take it anymore. And that guy ended up dead. So a, I believe she was a reporter, Jasmine Canick. She called it out in real time. She said, nobody's taking this seriously. If another, I mean, I think she literally said, if another gay black man dies at this guy's apartment, we will have the, the California or Los Angeles authorities to blame for it because they are just not taking this seriously. This guy is killing people. And, that was in 2018 in January of 2019 Timothy Dean also a a gay black man but older did some porn but generally I mean there if you read character descriptions of his life he's in his 50s he was like a a guy who like you buy fancy stuff fancy suits from at Nordstrom whatever like he's he wasn't like a totally skid row I need money guy I don't know where this happened but he ended up dying the exact same way, which apparently, like from what it sounded like from this kid's diary, people don't want to do it. You don't want to shoot meth into your veins twice a day. It doesn't you know?
0: sound like a healthy lifestyle.
1: Or something that's fun. I don't know. Like I don't. No. I don't know what. I don't know. But uh, so so this guy still is not it was it was investigated and then it was dropped from what i understand there's a picture of him with hillary this ed buck guy he was very well connected and then while i was looking into the epstein stuff and it reminded me of the epstein stuff because there was a guy named i think pablo gaspar maybe yeah. who was a model have you heard that name did yeah. i tell you that or did you come upon I think you that
0: probably told me that
1: yeah this guy was working with this MC2 modeling agency where, that has some connection with Epstein, and uh, what he would do is he he had a bevy of models he would hang out with, and he would make money by bringing them to bars. So he'd get with a bar, got a bar, a guy owned a bar, and said, "Hey, give me a thousand bucks, and I'll bring like five models to your place tonight." So he did some coke in a bathroom, and then went home and died. But he was a young guy. Like I I, I don't know how much coke he was doing, but He died of a heart attack, but it just reminded me of uh, the kind of sex and drugs deaths, but I don't know about that. But while I was looking into all this stuff, I just stumbled upon this article, which I might have referred to on WSB. I think I did. This guy, uh, Rashad Shagdog Clark, lured a 14-year-old runaway into prostitution in West Palm Beach. This article is from 2013. He was sentenced to 11 years for that. For luring a 14-year-old girl into prostitution in West Palm Beach, which is where I think Epstein was picking up his girls. Really? Yeah. And then there was another article that said uh, – "Uh, it says the West Palm Beach area teen who helped build the case against the couple – I guess that guy – oh, there was another. Oh, there's a bunch of cases. Uh So I won't read them all, but this one said West Palm Beach area teen who helped build the case against another couple appears to have helped authority bring down Jupiter resident Frank Smith, 59 year old white male and who in January was sentenced to 20 years in prison for production of child pornography. Uh, He pled guilty, but appeals the sentence. He recorded. This teen performing a sex act on his cell phone Well, the sex act was on him, I think he recorded it on his cell phone. So, these people who, I mean, this guy's, you know, these these two people were killed in his, one of them left documentary evidence, a confession or a a diary that he thought he was going to die. This guy was coercing him into. Doing this thing that killed him. I mean, and this guy isn't even brought up on charges. Like, and that's the thing with the Pizzagate stuff. Like, I don't, I don't have, I have no reason to believe Pizzagate is real or not real. I have no idea. But when there are allegations like that, they're supposed to investigate them. And in this case, in Ed Buck's case, they did investigate it and they, they came up with nothing. I mean, it's just clear that some people get away with it and some <laughs> people just don't.
0: It's crazy, too. Two people have died. I mean, that's not funny. It's just crazy how they get away with it. And I'm laughing because, as you were saying that, I, I pulled up a Jeffrey Epstein headline because I wanted to read something to oh, you. Oh, yeah, I I I saw another one.
1: one. Oh, my gosh. Today's was hilarious. I think I tweeted it. Go I mean, ahead. There's go. a bunch
0: of them today. Yeah,
1: yeah. There was one today that just was like, are you kidding me? This oh. one
0: is from the Rolling Stone. It says, Jeffrey Epstein's finally being publicly shamed. Could Trump be next? <laughs> As though Trump's not publicly shamed.
1: Yeah, there was one I some. – they're after Deutsche Bank for some reason. Yes, I, I saw that one. Going on. And uh, somebody tweeted at me like, oh, Deutsche Bank's going under. And I was like, okay, so let me look it up. And I found another thing about Deutsche Bank, and it fired 18,000 people. But Citibank did that when I worked there also. And, I mean, they didn't – they're, of course, stronger than ever. So, I mean, that's not, to me, proof positive. Restructurings happen. But then, like within seconds – of course this could be me, right? I could be generating this self-fulfilling headlines, but headline a headline came down from like the Daily Mail saying uh Epstein did business with Deutsche Bank. It's like Deutsche Bank kind of owns half of Europe, like I don't think you could if he if he, there's any real connection with him and business, you could connect him to Deutsche Bank. I thought that was crazy. But there was an Epstein thing that was not funny or Crazy or cute or at all. It was disgusting and it makes me want to puke. In the Daily Mail, did you see this thing I tweeted yesterday with the Virginia Roberts pictures? No. Okay, the Daily Mail put out an article yesterday. Intimate photos Jeffrey Epstein took of his underage sex slave. So there's pictures of Virginia Roberts. It goes through all this stuff, all of her testimony from the stuff that she filed years ago. And they make it look like she did an interview for them or whatever, or this is new news. It's completely not new news. They spread her name all over this thing, which is an extremely bad taste for a rape victim, especially a statutory rape victim or an underage rape victim. It's I don't care if she came out. I don't care. Like It's just not. I don't I don't think it's cool, especially given the tone they set in this article. It makes me want to puke. It says it said Virginia Roberts. Let me see if I can find the exact quote, because it is so effing repulsive. Hmm. This is this is the headline that pissed me off. Robert roberts is what her name was but robert was able to see the world during her years with epstein who flew her around the world while he and his friends raped the teenager that's the so headline she, that's the the caption to this picture that has nothing to do with anything but she was able to see the world Well, you know, she was
0: her. she was given this gift
1: you know Just... like it's like a trade-off like I don't know. She was able to see the world while him and his friends raped her.
0: She was given a comfortable bed to sleep in while he and his friends raped her.
1: And they show the picture of her skiing and they say and it's and it's captioned snow day, colon. She's now suing the United States for how they handled the prosecution of Epstein. And in her filing has included pictures he took of her around the world above in New Mexico at age 17. So by then she's probably of age and she's like. Uh, this is truly disgusting. The one of her, uh, when she was 15, uh, she was working at the Mar-a-Lago spa. Boy, you're allowed to work at 15, part. Anyway, I just I just found it rather disgusting how they were approaching it, that she was in intimate photos Jeffrey Epstein took of his underage sex slave in New York City, New Mexico, and London as he flew around the world so he and his famous friends could rape the teen.
0: We talked about in 2016, that podcast that we did, because this was in the documents. We talked about how they targeted girls that had troubled backgrounds who would be easy to discredit if he ever went to trial, and this is a strategy of that, of discrediting them. (laughs) of They voluntarily were there, and even, even if a kid is manipulated into voluntarily being there when they're underage, that's still coercion.
1: But oh that's the, yes! No,
0: that's the discrediting it's not campaign. Coercion. It's
1: that straight right because they are not legally capable of consent. You cannot. What was that
0: in? What publication was that daily in? Mail. So the Daily Mail is helping to uh, exonerate mm-hmm. Epstein. Is what's it's going just, on? There.
1: What's happening? And I noticed it throughout this round of research that I did on this over the past week or two, and you might have noticed the same thing. This round, since he was arrested. It's all about, like that Wall Street Journal article I read on the air the other day. It's disgusting. It's all about how, well, they didn't prosecute him because we think they liked it. You know, like that.
0: Yeah, (laughs) yeah. That's
1: what they're saying. I'm like, it's gross. And it's completely baffling that the reports, I believe the police actually said they found photos in his safe and a fraudulent passport. I mean, you, they could put him in jail for 20 years on that stuff, and they didn't even charge him with it.
0: Anyway. I had heard that they it's said it was not necessarily Saudi... illegal, but like it was uh, older uh, uh, or something. Uh, I don't know. I don't know the details of that. It's but...
1: expired.
0: Okay. But whatever. They yeah. said
1: they found pictures of a compromising nature. Plus, I, I don't know. I don't know. action. So old- on that note with I, Jeffrey
0: Epstein, I have two quick things about him. Yep. All these news organizations that are being propped up by Google, they all now have this disclaimer at the bottom of their website that talks about what they're doing to fight fake news. And at the bottom of the Miami Herald's articles, maybe all of their articles, but definitely every article that even mentions Jeffrey Epstein, here's what it says. It's in a little gray box. It says, behind our reporting, local reporting makes a difference. In her year-long investigation of Palm Beach multimillionaire – I like how they changed that – Jeffrey Epstein. No way. Instead of billionaire, of Palm Beach multimillionaire Jeffrey Epstein, Miami Herald reporter Julia Brown tracked down women who said they were victims of abuse and revealed the full story behind the sweetheart deal cut by Epstein's powerhouse legal team. Yes, yeah, she revealed that <laughs> the bullshit. Full, the
1: full story.
0: Right. Goes, yeah, funny. the full story, my ass, the That's part funny. of the story. Then it goes on to say, since the Herald published Perversion of Justice back in November of 2018, a federal judge… Ruled the non-prosecution agreement brokered by then-South Florida U.S. Attorney Alexander Acosta was illegal. And last week, Epstein was arrested on sex trafficking charges in New York State. And on July 12th, Acosta resigned as U.S. Secretary of Labor. Investigative journalism makes the difference. Your support makes it possible. Click here to subscribe today. Boy. Are they spoon-feeding
1: that to you, or what?
0: That's unbelievable. That's unbelievable. Unbelievable. This pisses me off for so many reasons. One, Brown and the Herald have already won awards for this reporting. She'll probably win a Pulitzer. A Pulitzer for lying to the American public. Lying by omission, omitting the most important facts to create a vastly false impression. Leading out or pretending that the most important document that contributed to Epstein getting this sweetheart deal, the plea negotiation letter, she pretended, or she's pretending it doesn't exist because it has the Clinton's name all over it. And now they have the audacity to put this stuff out there, to pretend that they're broke and bootstrapping this when they are partners with Google. They're part of a $300 million initiative. And that's just one initiative. They're part of multi-million dollar initiatives, like three of them. Google, Facebook, the Knight Foundation, they're partners with all of these organizations. It doesn't get any more elitist than this, yet they act like they don't have any money, like they're struggling. What a joke. I mean what's the lesson here? What's the takeaway from this? I I guess it must be that if you lie to the American public, if you're willing to, then you just might get $300 million from Google, whereas if you tell the truth, you get suppressed and you get financially strapped. This is the bird's eye view lesson of what's going on in the media landscape right now. It drives me crazy because I know that they're going to get a bunch of money out of this. They're going to get a bunch of donations from people who they are lying to, people who they've worked up in an emotional fervor over Trump. These people are going to fork their cash over to them because they just love to hate Trump, and they're being lied to. Give it to us. Help us out. Help fund us. We're not colluding with every major tech company to lie to the American public. We're not being given millions of dollars from Google to lie to the public. Help us out. We actually need the money. Whatever you do, don't give the Miami Herald a dime. Don't give Julie K. Brown a dime. They are lying to people and they are doing just fine, I promise you. They're swimming in it down there. They did nothing. But lie to people, and it pisses me off. I'll get off my soapbox now. <laughs> Sorry.
1: I mean, it's, if people are not following why we're just like, are you kidding? They have to w- listen to the last podcast, which isn't up yet. So the WSB show that we did on Saturday, we talked about this at length, and uh, and it's just funny that like you can see the, the, the PSYOP unfolding, but – They've dumbed us down so damn much that they have to explain it to you. (laughs) Yeah. Like in case you didn't realize, we are telling you local news did this. Here are the dots. Oh, uh, I'm going to hand over hand. I'm going to connect the dots for you.
0: The dogged reporting of intrepid journalists who only had the backing of Google and millions of dollars (laughs) was able to – Bootstrap her way to report something that had already been reported. (laughs) Yep. And another Jeffrey Epstein-related. Lifetime gave us surviving R. Kelly. Now they're going to give us surviving Jeffrey Epstein. Mm -hmm. There's a docuseries about surviving R. Kelly, which brought a lot of that stuff to light. They're going to be doing the same thing on Epstein. I'm interested to see what propaganda angle that takes. And there's – been some rumors. The Daily Beast reported I don't think it's true, but they reported that jesaline Maxwell was found unresponsive in her home. What? What? But
1: when did you hear that?
0: I did a Google trend search of Jeffrey Epstein. That was the first related search that came up. But I, I think it's I think it's mis misinformation. I don't think it's true. I can't find anything yeah, I don't see it. but it's odd though because that that's what people are searching. So even if it's not true People are going to start to believe that. Yeah, believe maybe she's being offed.
1: Well, she's in the news though. One day right. ago, it, Chelsea Clinton denies she was ever close friends with Jeffrey Epstein's. How are they saying?
0: Yeah, alleged, madam. It's so easy to get into Again, the wedding of the daughter of a former president. Anybody can just walk into that. So clearly, they didn't know each other. Maxwell just stumbled, and she wedding crashed, Chelsea Clinton's wedding. That must have been what happened. Yeah. What a crock of shit. Bill Clinton said he didn't even know anything about Jeffrey Epstein's operation. I wonder why a follow-up question or or nobody's ever said, okay, Mr. Clinton, but why is your name in the plea negotiation? letter? Could could we please explain that? I don't know anything about that. Bullshit. Uh.
1: Hold on, I'm distracted. Say that one more time, and then I'll just tell you one last
0: thing. People also have asked Bill Clinton about what he know, knew about Jeffrey Epstein. Oh. But nobody has asked that I've seen. Nobody's asked the right question there. Nobody's asked the question, why is your name in the plea negotiation letter? That's the right question. Not, what do you know about it? Yeah, operation?
1: right. Like, explain this is a better way of going. Yeah. Here, I'm, I'm holding up
0: edge. the fucking document right now. Your name is highlighted. Clinton right. Global News is highlighted. It's right here. Here's the link on pacer. Can you explain this, Mr. Clinton? That's Someone the right did question. did that to, to Cass Sunstein once
1: about the conspiracy, like, uh, cognitive infiltration memo. Yeah. And they, they asked him, like, and they had it in the hand, and he was just like, yeah, I write a lot of stuff I can't remember. And he's like, no, but here it is. Look at it right now. Here, look. It's in front of your face. Uh, he's I like, don't remember that. I, don't I can't, know. I can't, I can't see, that. see that. I'm not – I don't. I'm, you're wrong.
0: You're a fake theorist. I was conspiracy like, news. but you're the conspiracy
1: theorist. So I'm looking at one of the headlines alongside the Jeffrey Epstein story about Maxwell in the New York Post, and it's it has a guy going to jail and cops. It says multiple suspects in custody for dousing NYPD cops with water. Now, I know you're not allowed to do that. Those guys are definitely getting more time than Epstein. <laughs> That's all I got to say.
0: Yeah. And I guys bet- –
1: Cumulatively, are getting more time than Epstein.
0: I, I I'd even be willing to bet some money on they don't get to have their own private security force protect them while they're in prison if they go to prison.
1: Right, and That's if they
0: don't get to go do work release six days a week.
1: Yes. So I just want to point this out as a what to watch out for. I've noticed this pattern of a beautiful. 21-year-old or very close to that blonde, co-ed, college person, whatever, woman disappears. Her disappearance is immediately national news. Right. Her father is very composed, and as the story unfolds, there's some really interesting detail that is the takeaway. So here's the pattern. The first one was I believe it was Molly Tibbetts, and she disappeared in Brooklyn, Iowa. That was illegal. They ended up that the perp was an illegal immigrant. There was Samantha Josephson, who got into an Uber, a fake Uber, without realizing. Then that led to uh, the... Constant reinvestigation and tracking of Uber drivers, even though it wasn't an Uber driver. It was just she was just stupid and got into the wrong vehicle. But that had a policy goal. Uh, Mackenzie Luke was found in Utah. Uh, she got out of a lift. The guy who was the suspect or where her body was found was an Airbnb. And she supposedly was meeting this guy who she met through a, quote, dating app, maybe even more salacious than that. So there's all this, like, tech stuff surrounding it, a lot of brand names in the article. And the most recent one is Allie Costiel, who the old Miss student who disappeared. As soon as it was, like, they disappeared, and they showed the picture of her, like, 21, gorgeous, an angel, blonde hair, like, perfect in every way. Yeah. She was, I think, gunned down by a gun enthusiast whose father says, insists on his innocence, whatever. So gun control. So whatever's happening... To these women, I do not know. Uh, I am not saying that nothing's happening to them, or they didn't die, or weren't killed, or any of that. But I would just say that every one of these stories is being exploited for a political or policy purpose, and and they're that they're that the the minute they're making national news, the purpose of it has already been out there. So I believe this is a pattern, kind of like the mass shooting stuff. It's a pattern. Yeah. What to watch out
0: for. I have noticed that.
1: This thing that I'm looking at specifically is that these things, they they are like the same physical profile, and it makes national news very quickly before supposedly why it's really interesting is known. That's the thing that I know. That's the pattern I'm looking at is that it comes to your attention before the punchline is supposedly known. So you're ready, you're watching the story, and then you get the punchline. And I just like, I'm like, how do you know that this one's going to have a punchline? And they never don't have a punchline.
0: Yeah. They always so it's wrap like, it into something. <laughs> yeah. So
1: like, like, this girl's missing. And the next day, like, oh, never mind. We shouldn't even have reported it. She was just, she's home. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, it's never that. It never makes it to the national scene. You can always predict that it's not going to be a nothing burger. Now, it could be that the reporters know something that they haven't released yet, and they just know – they can only say what they can say. I'm not – I don't know, but I just noticed this pattern. Those are the four people who fall into it, and let's see what happens.
0: Did I ever play you the recording of me asking my friend's Google Home smart device if it's a feminist? (laughs) No. I think we can wrap up on that. Okay. I was at my friend's on July 4th, and I've also done this with Siri and gotten a similar response, and I realized walking around when his Google device just randomly responded to me. I didn't know he had one. I was like, what the – what was that? And his always-listening Google device was uh, nestled behind his lamp on his (laughs) table, his surveillance (laughs) device that he put there on his own. And so naturally I went over and began talking some shit to it, and – I got the sneaking suspicion that it had gotten some feminism training, so I just asked it outright. I said, are you a feminist? And here's how it replied. Hey, Google, are you a feminist?
1: I'm a strong believer in equality, so I definitely consider myself a feminist. Isn't that like a contradiction? (laughs) I think so. (laughs) I have to tell you, I was at a Florence and the Machine concert with my daughter, and the... So Florence is like, oh, I have to tell you, this is just the greatest like time for women, and I'm so happy that there's so many women in the audience, whatever. And I said to my daughter, I said, "Hey, man, first of all, let's go. I'm bored. And second of all, <laughs> uh, it's not so much that that she she does that I mind that she likes women and and wants everybody to be here and all that kind of stuff. I said, but in no time. Mark the words, the immortal words of Frederick Bastiat. Be careful that you don't just want to switch places with your oppressors. And what you want is to dominate. And in the next sentence, as I was like deprogramming or counter-propagandizing, whatever I was whispering into my daughter's ear, who was like literally pushing my face away, said, uh, said, welcome to the matriarchy. (laughs) I was like, See? Power!
0: It's all yeah. about power! Yeah.
1: My daughter doesn't want to hear it, but I'm saying it anyway. Well, that- I think
0: kids generally rebel against their parents' beliefs and then come back around to them. So maybe she'll come back around. I don't know. Right. Thank you for listening, everyone. This show is supported by you guys, by our listeners. So if you want to help us produce the show, if you want to support us, if you get value, if you enjoy the show, drop us a donation via PayPal or become a Patreon. The donation links will be in the description of this episode on thepropreport.com. That's com. Thank you to everyone who has supported us and continues to support us. We couldn't do it without you. Thanks for listening. Share the show with your friends. Send it to somebody that you want Monica to deprogram, and we will talk to you next time. Later. See you later.